Welcome back to Old Nerd, Young Nerd. I'm Derek. I'm Todd. And we're continuing our discussion of Picard episode eight. Um, I guess we'll pick up right where we left off. So we join Picard in his holodeck study. And Raffi assembles all five of Rios's holographic crew, uh, believing that uh, they're all sort of broken pieces of his own personality. And can I, I'm going to interrupt for one second. Did that, um, when they, when they're all together, did that not look like Picard's like study or whatever from the, like the first episode? That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's a holograph. It's a holodeck redesign of it. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that that was what it was. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Backing off again. All right. So I was correct, but I just, yes, you are correct. I know you like hearing it, but yes, you are correct. All right. Thank you. So she says that um, Ian referred to Soji as Jana and that he recognized her. And the hospitality um, hologram believes it has something to do with Captain Vandermeer on the Ibn Majid. Right. Uh, then Emmett, who's the emergency tactical hologram, quote unquote, falls asleep during the discussion. Although when he's asked whatever happened to Captain Vandermeer, he mimics putting a phaser in his mouth and pulling the trigger, obviously indicating that the captain committed suicide. Uh, When she attempts to find out why, the holograms say that the logs from the ship are classified. Although they seem to know why, but aren't either able or willing to talk about it. So now you go over to. The, re- I can't believe you remembered the names of the holograms, but all right, um, I, that I, was just like like I did not. You are giving me. I'd love to take credit for that. No, I'm reading them off a thing. I didn't. I, oh, okay. I, I didn't remember right, the well, names of the specific holograms. I'm like, wow, you even remember the names of the holograms? I'm like, yeah, wow, I'm, I'm that like, really awesome. horrible. No, I okay. wish. I wish. Okay, all right. I'm shutting up again. So back in the sick bay, Doctor Girardi regains uh, consciousness to find Picard looking down at her. And she asks if what she did worked. And Picard confirms that uh, she did, in fact, neutralize the tracker. And uh, they are no longer being pursued. Uh, he tells her that they're heading to Deep Space 12. And he tells her that upon their arrival, she will surrender herself to authorities for the murder of Bruce Maddox. Uh, he then asks her why she did it. And she says that she had to. Uh, explaining that before she left Earth, uh, when she met with Commodore O, uh, she performed a mind a mind meld with her to plant what she called poison in her mind, which is obviously that uh, apop apocalyptic vision. Apocalyptic. Yep. Thank you. Jeez. Mm-hmm. No problem. As well as implanting a psychic block in her mind to prevent her from talking about any of it. So essentially creating a perfect double agent. Um, She then asks Picard if he believes in hell, admitting she never did until she saw what uh, Commodore O showed her. And now she thinks about killing herself every day as a form of comfort. Right. I mean, like, and again, we, we hearken back to what we were talking about before. Like, humans are not perfect in the future. Here we have a human that, that wants to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like kind of a little bit suspect about this though. And and here, and I'm just going to like give a, a quick blurb 
it kind of like is weird for me. Um, you know, we all know I'm married and everything else, but like, I don't care what anyone said to me, you know, about my exes or whatever. I like, I could never kill them. So it was like, no matter what you showed me, like if they're like the, the antichrist, like I, like I couldn't see where that would be like, you know what? Okay. You're right. I'm going to kill him. See, I don't it, think like, she. It just—it just made no sense to see, me. I don't. I, see, where to me, where I they? Think... Where it was kind of like, oh, well, yeah. Oh, well, if you have synthetics, they're gonna like be the end of the world. I'm like, you could show me like a video of that. I'm like, yeah. I mean, that could happen. Like, like this is me logically thinking this, but I'm not gonna kill people that might be putting that in in in, in the future, like. See, I don't. Like, I didn't that think that I she wanted to with, kill him. With, with, I thought she her. was basically programmed to kill him. That's how I took it. I mean, that no, like, no, oh. I I took that the same way. That's what I'm saying. Like I, but I can't believe that she had the such of a compulsion to kill him because of this mm. whole, you know, synthetic thing. Like, how do you kill somebody that you were in love with at some point and had a relationship with? I, like I just couldn't get it. Like like I couldn't wrap my my mind around it. Where this was an okay thing to do, where you would say, you know, you you definitely got to kill him. Like I don't know what I could see, even if it was like the the blowing up the earth, where I would be like, because like my my inclination would be like, let me talk to him. You know what I mean? Let me let me talk about. Maybe that's not the right way to go on this situation. But like somehow she got like hypnotized. Like that's the way I took it. Somehow she got hypnotized into killing this guy and believing all this well, until so she until she met um, Com- Commodore O is half Vulcan, half Romulan. So I'm sure she just used No, I know the, the whole mind melt thing, of, yeah. but I like that was this was a hard stretch for me. Um, going from I used to love this guy I was in a relationship with this guy I would, I had intimate relations with him now I'm going to kill him like, yeah. I, like I can't imagine any relationship since ever where I would be like yeah I'm okay with killing this person you know what I mean like regardless of what you said um, because that's the future you have no idea what's happening so why go crazy and kill somebody for it? But that was like that was like my, my whole thing. I'm like, why would you do this? And someone that you loved and everything else and blah blah blah. I I, I just didn't get it. like I I just couldn't I couldn't come to terms with it. But okay, but I guess you can. So. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that's just my perspective on this. I just didn't understand what's going on. It's just like you know any other person who's like brainwashed into doing something. I mean, like yeah, I mean that's what I I kind of have to like wrap my mind around is that they were brainwashed into killing him mm-hmm. because it's not like this guy was was going out killing people and you know um, raping and pillaging and everything else. That I can see, 
You know, if this is got if this guy is a bad guy, yeah, do whatever you need to do. You know what I mean? To stop him from doing whatever he's doing. But he wasn't. So like that was a it was like a huge kind of hurdle mentally for me. I don't know for any of the other listeners. Um and watchers on this, but I like I was just like I, I just can't do it. But I'm gonna step back, I'm gonna let you go back to the story. I just wanted to like segue into that for a second because I, I just didn't get it. But onward as we say, Derek. Okay. So now we go to Rios in his quarters. Uh Rafi hacks his door and enters and um you know, uh, he he kind of opens up to her and tells her about uh, Captain Vandermeer, mm-hmm. uh, how he was kind of a father figure to him. Right. So he he's he tells them the story about how one day their ship encountered another ship of unknown origin that had two passengers on it and alerted Starfleet of first contact. Uh, they beamed the two beings aboard. The ambassador was named Beautiful Flower, and his young aide was named Jaina. Or Jana, however you want to pronounce it. Right. Um, they Who shook looked hands. exactly like Soji. Yeah. So they shook hands and ate, ate together. And then a few hours later, Vandermeer killed them both with his phaser in, right in front of Rios. Uh, Vandermeer told Rios that he had received a black flag directive straight from Starfleet security and that if he had disobeyed, uh, Starfleet would have destroyed. The Ibn Majid with all hands. Um, you know, Rios reacted angrily to this. Um, you know, confronting his captain about how he felt about it. And then uh, Captain Vandermeer took the phaser and killed himself with it. And then Rios covered everything up because that's what the captain was ordered to do and beam the bodies of the dead ambassador and aid into space right and the story was that the captain just committed suicide for no reason and then six months after that rios was discharged from star starfleet uh for post-traumatic dysmorphia he then shows um raffi the drawing and raffi recognizes that uh jenna looks exactly like soji and uh rios tells raffi that he um vandermeer told him who gave him the order and that it was Com- Commodore O. It was the Romulan. Yes. Uh, from the Quatmalat. Mm-hmm. So while this hey. is going on, Dr. Girardi is speaking with Soji, uh, asking about how she, how she, like whether she eats or sleeps, um, if she feels like emotions, what she does when she's sad. Uh, you know, and she says that how uh, Dr. Noonien Sung had thought of himself as an artist. Mm-hmm. But even he wouldn't have given her such detail as having three beauty marks on her right cheek like she has. Right. Um, she says that she thinks Soji is a technological work of art, to which Soji asks her if she thinks she's a person. And that she knows the Commodore also probably programmed her to kill Soji as well but she won't let her do it. And to which Dr. Girardi tells her that now that she's met her in person, she would never kill her. Basically saying that she believes that she is in fact a person herself. Right. She is a living individual with mm-hmm. a soul. 
So now we go back to the board cube. Uh, Marissa is, or Narissa, not Marissa, is killing XBs in the reclamation lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at the thousands of drones still in stasis, she asks uh, one of her subcommanders if they scare him. And he said, to which she says he would be a fool if they didn't. Which is correct. But uh, Narissa For says sure. something far worse is coming if they fail in their mission. Um, in Back in the Queen Cell, Elnor and Seven of Nine watch as life signs begin to fade. And... Uh, with a mouth set and a grim line of determination, Seven of Nine links herself into the cube systems, creating the mini collective that she was hesitant to do in the first place. Yes. And as soon as this happens, yes. as soon as this triggers, Narissa orders all the drones vented into space. Right. Which which does happen. Um, but well, it's really as from their perspective, what else could they do? They can't fight thousands. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, they would be, like, overwhelmed. It'd be better to get them before they come online. Right. Uh, so, back aboard the ship, uh, Soji is escorting Dr. Girardi out of the sick bay uh, to the mess hall where everyone else is, to which uh, Dr. Girardi tells everyone that she's done murdering people and will and will turn herself into the authorities when they get to Deep Space 12. 12, right, yeah. Um, and it she, kind of, it kind of makes me wonder if if they're going to hold her accountable because she was kind of forced into it with like this mm-hmm. um, brainwashing. So I, I was kind of curious as to if they're even going to mention that in season two. But well, we'll that, see. That's just yeah. So she apologizes to them for effing ruining it. Another f bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, Rios orders a plate of French fries with a cup of, of peppermint ice cream to dip them in for Soji, remembering that uh, Jan, uh, Jana used to like to, or did that at the dinner they had. And I don't want to so, try that. I like. I don't know. Like when you have you that, ever dipped you... fries in a milkshake before? Because it tastes no, pretty good. I ne- I never have. Yeah, like I'm good. like like here we go segueing about food. But I'm like thinking about it. I'm like that sounds kind of cool. I kind of want to do that. So Soji, um, Soji is surprised that he knew that she liked that, and he just gives her a quiet smile. Um, Raffi explains what she learned to the rest of the crew, how that two to 300,000 years earlier, eight suns were brought together with a planet in the middle, which the Romulans called the Admonition, as yes. a warning against allowing synth- synthetic life the to artifact. evolve. Yes. Uh, said crossing a certain point in synthetic evolution would cause something terrible to show up, which Rios equated to a nightmare version of the Vulcans making first contact with humans. Um, yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was a lot in this episode. There was like a really a lot of revelations in this episode um, in terms of, you know, where the story's going and everything else. Um and you know th- there's there's a portion, and it's kind of interesting. And, and here we go, segueing a little bit, uh, where they're in Rios's quarters, and um, and a lot of people won't notice, but there's a book called Surak and Existentialism. Existentialism? Did I say that right? But anyway, Surak was the founder of logic on Vulcan. 
Uh, prior to Surak's teachings, Vulcans were much like humans where they would war and everything else because their emotions took control and they they would fight. But it's kind of interesting where Rios has this has this book about you know Surak and everything else because he was a big part of how the Vram uh, I'm sorry, not the Romulus, the Vulcans basically um move forward with their culture to uh, in terms of moving past wars and everything else because they used logic. Now, obviously, the Romulans were an offshoot of the Vulcan race. Same basic tendencies in terms of who they are, but they were the... Hmm, how should I put this? They were the emotional equivalent to people today so they they base their opinions on not just their opinions but their decisions and everything else on their feelings whereas the Vulcans went strictly on um logic Mm -hmm. which you know what I can like for 90% of my life I'm Vulcan you know what I mean? And 10% of my life, I'm Romulan in terms of just letting emotions uh, run sway. But for the most part, it is logical to have logic lead the way, you know? So it, it, it's, it's a whole thing. But all right, I'm going to turn it back to you, Derek, because I'm just segueing more and more. So I'm going to stop myself. So Rafi just basically continues saying that um, uh, the Romulans took the threat seriously, therefore they created the Zatvash. The Zatvash sent uh, Commodore O to infiltrate the Federation, and they orchestrated the attack on Mars so that the Federation would ban synthetics. That way it should really prevent synthetic life from growing. And then, of course, they, they found those emissaries, so she had them assassinated. And now they essentially know of the world in which they need to find the synthetics because of Soji. Um, after hearing all this, Soji pounds the table, creating a dent in it, and storms off to the bridge, bringing the engines of the ship online and sealing the bridge off with a force field, uh, and also deactivating the holographic crew. Uh, she begins taking the ship. To, like I guess something activates in her brain as to where to go, and she begins taking the ship to the synthetic home planet. Right, using a board conduit. Uh, yep, she um, nine hours, which is nine hours away at top speed. Mm-hmm. She's not sure how she knows that; she just knows it. Right. Um. Uh, after this, Rio starts singing a lullaby in Spanish which acts as an override code allowing him to take back control of the ship. Uh, Picard saying that since they've done it, um, Maddox's way up to this point, maybe they should do things Soji's way and hope they're not too late. He sits down in the captain chair, admitting he has no idea how the modern holographic displays work. 
Uh, Rios scolds Soji for planning to just fly into a transwarp conduit without uh, setting up a structural integrity field or anything to protect the shift. Or the ship, not the shift. Jesus. No, no, I hear you. And then he he reminds her that it's his ship. And then um, she asks him to take her home for Jaina's sake. And then he uh, he he takes over the captain's chair and takes the helm. So a lot kind of happens really quickly there. Yeah, I mean, they really go into what's going on in terms of the um, Zat Vash and, um, you know, the uh Yar and everything else and what they're really doing in terms of preventing synthetics from evolving. Mm -hmm. And it's a really interesting and it's been an interesting uh, conversation for like the last 50 years because Asimov talked about it, you know, uh, robots getting sentience and everything else. And it's, it's a really interesting kind of what would they do? And this was really just kind of opening up this, this episode anyway, that discussion, you know, would they be better than humans? Would they look down humans? Like it, it was a lot. So um, in terms of, I, I guess, story, it, mm-hmm. it definitely propelled it forward. But there's there's still a lot to discuss. They really didn't go into in this episode in oh, terms sure. of what happens uh, with respect to the um, the synthetics, which 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 they get into next episode. But there's there's a lot they have to really think about before opening up that Pandora's box, and that's all I got. That's all I've got to say about that, Derek. To quote Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. So back aboard the Borg Cube, um, Narissa is informed that all the Borg drones have been jettisoned and the, the fleet is prepared to uh, travel to the Synthetics homeworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just then, she's ambushed by a group of XBs who take down her lieutenant and manage to overpower her, but she's able to beam safely to her ship before it goes to warp. Um, speaking for the mini collective, Seven then um, in, says out loud that the cube belongs to the Borg again. Elnor then asks her if um, He's if she plans assimil- on assimilating him now. Her. Yeah. To which, to which she, or rather the collective, replies that Annika still has work to do before disconnecting from her. And I think that was literally the last scene. No, in there wasn't it? Nope. Oh, two little two uh, two little scenes left. Okay, all right. Um, go back to the Lost Arena, which is traveling to the Transwarp Conduit. Mm-hmm. Picard remembers standing night watch as an ensign on the bridge of the USS Reliant, thinking he was the only person awake in all the emptiness of space, and forgetting until right at that moment how much he loved it. Uh, he tells Rios that he knew Vandermeer slightly by secondhand account because he had been the first officer to a former classmate of his, to which Rios already says he knows whom he's speaking. 
of Captain Marta. Say it, Tyler. Back in the 80s. Oh, Thank yeah. You. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yep. And that she was a legend to his former captain. And let me do a, a quick segue for those who don't remember, because I had to look it up, too. Um, back on uh, season six, episode 15 with uh, Q, uh, you might recall where Picard dies in an away mission. And Q gives him the option of reliving his past life. Now, as everyone knows, and I love saying this because not everyone knows, as everyone knows, uh, Picard actually was stabbed to death in um, Starfield Academy by the Nausicans, and he had to have a new heart replacement in order to live so he's mm-hmm. always had he's always had a a uh i want to say a fake car it's not a fake car but you know synthetic thank you derek and so q gives him the option of reliving that moment where he gets into a bar fight with the nausicans uh with uh one of his friends who happens to be marta back Batsonides that he went to school with. And that's where he he was actually stabbed by the Nostan and and died, blah, blah, blah. So he gets this option by Q in season six, uh, episode 15, of rethinking those thoughts. And in in that moment, initially, Picard says, I'm not going to fight because Ultimately, it's pointless. So he doesn't fight, and he lives this life where he's kind of like a second-tier character. Uh, and in in this episode, he, he says to Q, I'd rather die as the captain of the Enterprise than as a subordinate uh, somewhere along the line. So it was it was a it was a hearkening back to this thing where there's a huge reveal. And I'm kind of like, now that I'm thinking about it, Derek, mm-hmm. was that a kind of like nod to Q's coming back in season two? Oh, potentially. Like part of it, part of me, I'm thinking like maybe they did it on purpose. I mean, why, why that specific thing? Right. If, if not to set that up. Yeah. I mean, because this was really, I mean, of all the, things q did this was really um a back step where he said okay you have a chance to um change your decision so i'm kind of wondering if that's what season two is going to be about but i don't know uh with respect to the episode i thought it was an awesome episode mm-hmm. uh with this because he really realizes that he'd rather air quotes uh die as he lived rather than living a mundane life and that was totally picard you know what i mean like it was totally like something picard would do so i was totally cool with it all right but that's my that's my segue on this one all right so we got one last scene to to discuss all right so uh picard asked rios if vandermeer knew that um uh, Jaina and Beautiful Flower were synthetics 
and Rios believes that he had to, and that because of that, he thought that uh, Vandermeer may have been able to live with killing them. Right. Uh, Picard says he only knew Vandermeer slightly, but always thought him to be a good man, to which Rios agreed that he was, and that he hates the idea that Vandermeer died believing Starfleet had betrayed him, had betrayed itself. And that's a big thing. Well, to which Picard then says... Picard then says Starfleet did indeed do both of those things, but it wasn't Commander Commodore O giving Vandermeer the order to kill the synthetics. It was the ban on synthetics itself that was the betrayal. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, The Zatvash set a trap and Starfleet could have easily avoided it, but chose to react in fear, which was not what Starfleet was meant to do or should have done. Uh, Rio says he is wary, though, because it took Soji all of five minutes to hack his ship, and they're heading to a planet full of people like her. Um, he said, you know, Rafi said the Romulans called Soji the Destroyer. What if they were right? And Picard agrees that they were right about what happened in the past because it's recorded history, but the future right. is unwritten and theirs to write. Um, and he basically just says... Soji's not the great destroyer fear is. At which point Soji arrives on the bridge saying that they arrived at the transwarp conduit. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, except that they're followed into the transwarp conduit by a Romulan scout ship. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and I mean, this is the end of season one, or it's coming up to the end of season one. Um, we're yep, to, uh, lot... two two episodes left, which is technically a two part episode, right. so one super long episode. Right. So this is probably going to take us a while to get through, but I'm kind of like I, it, it appears that everyone really loves these um, uh, critical analyses of of the series because we've gotten a lot of uh, listens and likes on this, so. You know, we're hoping that we can continue that with the last two episodes on the series. But yeah, again, another two episode uh, podcast on a one episode. On, on uh, one episode of a show. Yep. Which yeah. is about probably 45 to 50 minutes long itself. Right. But so, it, like I said, right. there's just there's that much detail in it. It really is, and there's like a lot of like hidden things and everything else. Hence that... the segues, because you know yeah. a lot of you know a lot of the backstories on a lot of this stuff too. Yeah, especially I mean, the like Voyager I... stuff, because I don't know anything about that yet. Yeah, I was kind of hoping you would, you would, but you didn't. But you know, it's coming. It eventually. is what it is. Yeah. Anyway, eventually you got there. <laughs> anyway, make sure to uh, follow us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Old nerd, young nerd. And to keep listening to us wherever you're listening to us at, we really do appreciate it. Um, exactly. Yeah, we're on like we're we're everywhere. pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Um, Unless something I, new popped up within the last like two months. Yeah, and I'm probably on there too. I just haven't read the emails yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, no, for sure. Like we're on all the popular podcasting sites. You can listen to us through your Alexa um, that you might have in your home. So listen to us everywhere and give us a like when you can. So uh, we can continue uh, doing what we're doing. All right. So this has been another episode of Old Nerd, Young Nerd. As always, I'm Derek. And I'm Todd. And And remember, remember, normal 
is the new boring. Exactly. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody.